Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solar episode, I'll be sharing ideas to help you set up your space for successful study. This might be for students at high school or primary school, or it could be for yourself if you're studying online or doing a degree or even a TAFE course. I'll also share with you three of my favorite study tips to help you manage your time and also your space so that you get the most productivity out of your time when you're studying. Let's jump into this Simply Happy conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, professional organizer and yoga teacher. This podcast will help you create a more organized, functional, and simply happy life. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and create a clutter-free and more organized home. Thanks for joining me for today's solo episode, where I'll be sharing ideas to set up your space for successful study. This might be a university, TAFE course, or it could be just at high school or even primary school. So I'm going to share different things that we can do to set up this successful study space. Then I'll also share just a few ideas that can help with the actual study itself. So let's start with number one, which is like stocking up and looking at everything you're going to need for your homework or for your uni course, the work that you need to do. We want it to be in one neat, simple spot. We don't want to be looking all over the house because that's when we get distracted when we need to go and find a highlighter. And that's when things like maybe even hanging out washing might look more appealing. If we have it all in one little area, this also helps to set up the routine of finding and returning supplies to their same spot. So their home, we're creating a home for them. We know where it is. We know where the sharpener is. We know where our stapler is. We know where the scissors are. This is also going to save time, not having to hunt for those things that we need, like our ruler or our highlighters. Everything's here where we're going to be studying. Storage ideas that I really like to use are roller trolleys, because if you have multiple people who are studying, you could move that trolley around with the supplies as like a little caddy. It also means if you want to change, you might do some work on a couch, you might sit at your desk, you might sit in a beanbag. It means you can take those supplies with you as well. Or otherwise a dedicated cupboard or a drawer or even one of those lazy Susans that you could put on top of your desk and have all the things that you can reach. Maybe even like a mason's jar or a tin that's on top of the table as well. Depending on your style of organizing will depend whether you'd like it in a drawer where you can't see it or whether you need to be able to see it. If it's not there and you can't see it for some people, it doesn't exist. So that's when we would put it in a beautiful thing on top of the table so they know where to find it. Another thing to do in your area is hang a planner or a calendar with a space for your to-do list to help you or your child to keep track of the dates and all the other reminders that they're going to need for their homework. Another great one is magazine holders. These help to arrange their books or, you know, the work, and it keeps paperwork vertical. If we can keep our paperwork vertical, it means then we're not drowning in like stacks of paper. It stops us creating piles of paper and then we can't see what we need to get and we're fumbling through the different bits of paper. If you have a computer on your desk, making sure you position it maybe to the side to make space for pen and pencil work that you might have to do as well. 
Number two is to eliminate distractions. So when you're thinking about your study space, where is it going to be? Where is the least amount of distractions going to be for you? Because generally, studying means that we're learning. So when am I trying to learn? We need to be free from those distractions of possibly video gaming or watching TV. Another great thing to eliminate distractions is turning off your phone, either putting it on silence, switching it to airplane mode, or placing it in another room, which is something that I usually do. And I will always have it turned over when I'm doing work. And for some people, you will find it's just better to turn it off. And that way it is less distraction or temptation to go and have a look at it. Another one of eliminating distractions, which is something I will do when I was writing reports when I was in education, is I would take up time by eating food or preparing food and I would make a cake which instead of just going and finding something that was in the cupboard I'd go to all the ends of the world to be distracting myself to avoid and procrastinate. So making sure that you have food and you're there you've eaten and then you're sitting down to focus on the work that you need to do. You want to give your body and your mind the best chance of productivity which means that we need to make sure that we have enough of those minerals and nutrients that our body needs to function to its optimum. Another thing to remember to do is turning off notifications if you're using a laptop and it's connected to, say, your social media and anything else. You don't want to be sitting down and trying to work and there's those pings coming through with notifications. Number three is thinking about the lighting. We love and need natural lighting for our productivity, to be awake and aware, and also makes us feel more positive. Fluorescent lights can be really, really draining on your body if you're sitting under them all day. I know for myself with sensory sensitivities to light, if I had to sit under them for nine hours a day, I really would struggle. So looking at the types of lighting that you could use. I'm a huge fan of block blue light light globes and I've got them around my house. You can get ones for daytime as well as in nighttime globes that will reduce the flicker. I'll also link to the episode with Daniel from Block Blue Light. He's got some amazing information, a wealth of knowledge around the effects of lighting on our mental health. A great tip is to set up your desk or your table near a window. That then allows for the natural light to filter in during your time when you're studying. If we're thinking then when we're going into winter and we're going to be needing light, to help us. We don't want our eyes straining when we're needing to focus on a computer screen for a long period of time. So for reading, it's better to have a light behind you and for your desk to position the base of the lampshade at your chin level so that the source is always out of your view. It's not in your eye level. Number four is comfort and thinking about our chairs and our desk and our keyboard and mouse. Your feet can be flat on the floor with your knees at 90 degree angle and the tabletop should allow you to rest your fingers and forearm so that you're able to type without any stress on your joints, obviously your knuckles and also your wrist. And then when we're thinking about purchasing the desk, it's measuring your height. Is it going to be a desk that's going to be able to move and be a standing desk as well as sitting? And where would you like to keep a keyboard? Is it like on the desk? Is it maybe just under so it might have a tray 
and also measure and allow enough room for your monitor you may need. Just make sure that the desk is going to accommodate the monitor if you're having a keyboard and then enough space for yourself. Your computer screen should be at eye level. An anti-glare computer screen is something I'd also be looking into. Then also consider using an external mouse instead of the laptop trackpad. It just makes your desk even more ergonomic, allowing your wrist to rest in a neutral position and relieving any unnecessary pressure that might be on your hands while you're working and studying. Most important of all is to make it personal. You can personalize your study space with like the decor you're using to decorate it or the colors, the color of the wall, the color of the items you're going to place around here. It's somewhere where you want to go to study. If it's a dark space and it's no natural light, you're not going to want to study. You're not going to want to sit there. That is going to be your main reason for avoiding study. So maybe you might like to add some curtains or even some shelves, some floating shelves so you can place some pictures or a clock or artwork or just things about you on those shelves so that you can see them while you're working. Maybe it's also like some affirmation cards that you might have there or words of wisdom for yourself. Maybe it's music. You could have some sort of speaker and maybe that's like in between your breaks. Some people uh, prefer to work with music. That's not me, but it's definitely my kids need their music going. Uh, you might even have some essential oil, maybe a diffuser or some crystals. I love peppermint when I'm wanting to work. It really motivates me to get started. Another thing to make it personal is maybe a memo board or an agenda and cork boards. There's some amazing ones around which can just make your space more personal and help you also stay organized with that. Maybe also put up some awards if you've got an awards that will help you build your self-esteem and while maintaining focus through your positive, that positive reinforcement that's there. I think it's great in particular for kids to be able to see their progress. Maybe it's also your actual goal. So you might write that on the wall just to remind you, possibly even values if they know their values or their strengths. Most kids these days at school will have gone through the VIA and strength test and they know their top five strengths. So even having that there as a reminder will help motivate them to study. So let's go through those five before we move on to some study tips. So number one was having our things stocked up and near us, possibly even on a tray if we need to share it with other people in the home. Eliminate distractions, so finding a space that's going to be the best place, not noisy either. And number three was lighting, thinking about natural light if possible, or also our uh, lights that we might need, especially if we have to work at night. Comfort, thinking about our chair, our desk, and our mouse. And our last one is to make it personal, number five, making it personal. How can you make it attractive so you're going to want to sit there? Let's jump into now our study tips. I've got three study tips that I wanted to share. So number one was managing your time. So thinking about how you want to prioritize the most important things that you need to do. So having a schedule of when you're most likely to feel like doing homework or whether it's um, just work in general is going to help you to better allocate the time and the tasks that you need to get done. 
there is no point saying I'm going to do it on a Monday after school when your Monday might be a really tiring day at school and then you've also had football practice or netball practice and then you're coming home and you're trying to study. Whereas maybe a Tuesday your timetable is not so strenuous and you have nothing on after school, no appointments. So it might look like more a Tuesday you're doing something. Maybe Monday you're just reading your book. But looking at your time and really thinking about how is my energy and do I really have the mental capacity to be able to study tonight instead of leaving it to the last minute, if we can look at these things, we can work out the best day and time for us. I'm a real morning person, so I'm going to try and look for times that are in the first part of the day. You might be a morning person too, but if you've got home from school and you're able to have something to eat and then have a little break, then you might be able to then sit down and study. Maybe it's even including some exercise so then you can sit down. Just really thinking about what's going to be the best way for me to do my work. Just be aware when you're procrastinating. Believe me, I'm great at procrastinating. Mine would be organizing a room or a cupboard is definitely when I'm doing something or I am usually making something in the kitchen and that's to avoid doing the work that I need to do. Just think about why am I doing this? Aren't I supposed to be studying? And notice that you're procrastinating and look at why. What is it part of the task that maybe you don't quite understand? Maybe you need a little bit more clarification, a little bit more research before you can sit down and actually start. Another great one is body doubling. Maybe it's even having a call with a friend and you're both working on something. It could be completely different things, but by just having that person there provides accountability and motivation for you. Now, when I look back on my uh, university and studying, and even when I was at high school as well and studying, I used body doubling without even realizing it. I would go to the library and that provided me with accountability and motivation to get my work done by going there. And it's only now when I reflect back and I know having ADHD and I understand body doubling, I can see when I've used it throughout my life. And that was definitely to help me with studying. Whereas at home, if I was by myself, there was no way. I'd otherwise sit at the kitchen table and do my homework because that was then body doubling. There were people there and I was then feeling accountable for what I what I could do. Obviously, we didn't have video back when I was studying, so I couldn't have a video call with someone to do the body doubling. So it was more physical body doubling. But this day and age, we can uh, do it online as well. And just be realistic with when you want to finish. Use your clock to keep you moving forward, but also being realistic around the time. Like for me, I could do a task in the morning that will take me 10 to 15 minutes. If I try to do that after working all day, it'll easily take me an hour. So sometimes it's worth stopping, not doing it that night and getting up early and doing it in the morning for me. So have a think about that for yourself. What's going to suit you? So number two, clean up your desk. As a professional organizer, I see the importance and how much it makes a difference when we clean up the space that we're in. So it's not just a desk, it's obviously your bedroom, everything, you sleep better. But in this instance, we want to clean up our desk and try and keep it so that we know where everything is. If you've got paperwork on your desk and there's no space, you're going to avoid it. So as you're finishing at the end, it's a great idea then to keep your notebooks and your dividers and binders as neat as possible and put everything away back into its spot for a distraction-free study space. 
and keep only the things you need in reach and then just store everything else off to the side. Also think about cables. How can you organize those so they're not just lying around and creating a big pile of clutter? For me, clutter will distract me. If I'm in a study space and there's dirty dishes and a full bin and an empty cups, I would use that as my reason to procrastinate and clean up. So it's a great idea to do it at the end of studying so that you've got something to come back to and it's nice and clean. Our final one, number three, is to take study and work breaks for good health. So it's really important to think about your mental and physical breaks for your study time. As someone with a background in teaching, I see students, I see after 20 minutes, their attention drains off. And that's when we will put in a movement break or even food. And then you can see everybody's able to focus again and get back into the work. Looking at the Pomodoro technique, which is 20 minutes of work and then break, is another great idea to help you to stay focused. Not only that, it does put stress on our bodies when we're sitting in the same position. Breaks of just standing up and walking around is going to help you then to sit back down and you're going to be in a new position, giving your body rest when it needs it as well. Think about your eyes and blinking and that's going to also give them a rest, maybe even shutting them for a minute and then refocusing away from a monitor, especially if you sit in front of a computer for a lot of the day. Clenching your hands and your fists. With my broken finger I did last year, I've actually been doing these exercises and with blue tack as well and that's actually been really good for my whole fingers not just my one finger that was broken putting your arms out in front and then bending your wrists and then the same out the back and just moving your back your hips your shoulders your wrists all the joints that when we're sitting for a long period of time can stiffen up. Another thing I've been uh, reading a lot about is our pinched vagal nerve, our vagal nerve helping us to regulate our body, our gut and our brain connection goes through our head, down our chest, down into our stomach area. So if we are bending forward, looking at iPads, looking at our phones, we're pinching that vagal nerve going down the front of our throat area. So we want to use exercises and movements to lift through our chest. Doing tummy time, lying on your tummy for a bit while you've got your laptop is going to stretch your neck back. Obviously with yoga, we would call that our cobra shape. So it could be doing that, but just still working and lying down is going to give your neck and your vagal nerve a stretch. So a couple of other exercises you can do just to help your vagal nerve is like tracing around your ears or tapping on your cheeks rubbing your lips. I really love putting moisturizer on my face and obviously that's stimulating my vagal nerve on my face. It might be stopping and doing that. It might be giving yourself a little massage across the back of your neck or across your shoulders. So I hope by sharing these ways to create a personal, comfortable space for successful study with ergonomic furniture, minimal distractions, good lighting and well-stocked supplies, you'll be able to start using your time for study in a really productive way. I'd love if you could share with me your study space. So take a photo and share it on social media. And don't forget to come and join the Facebook group Simply Happy Organising for more organising tips and ideas. Thanks for listening to Simply Happy Conversation. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you find yourself wasting precious time searching for misplaced items and wishing for a more organized life, then you need my five-minute declutter ebook. 
the ultimate guide to quick and easy organizing solutions for a clutter-free and happy home. Forget about spending months commiring your house. These fun solutions are designed to give you immediate results in under five minutes. Head over to Simply Happy in the resource section and download your free copy and start seeing results in minutes. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharam people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.